I'd like to welcome everyone to the 36th episode of the Hollyoaks podcast. Like me off the couch when Ian McKellen hit the British Soap Awards stage. <laughs> Let's jump this thing off with my girls, Elle and Lindsay. Hey, lady. Hello. It has been two years. Can you believe that it's been two years that we've been doing this? No, it doesn't feel like it. It's amazing. Right? I feel like I've known you for ages, though. But yeah. but at the same time, it doesn't feel like we've been doing the podcast for two years. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I feel the same because... And I'm going to tell you, I feel really honored to do a podcast with two ladies that independently decided to start a podcast. Like, I think that's just one of the best things in the entire world. Yay! <laughs> Because <laughs> you are creators, the innovators, the women who decided, you know what the world needs. We need a Hollyoaks podcast, and you know what? The both of you are right, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to applaud you. I'm going to applaud Elle and Lindsay. <laughs> I think we should also yeah. applaud Jay. Because <laughs> he's been doing it for like editing for like since for ages. So, Yay! no kidding. <laughs> and hosting, which is you know, amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. You know, and I'm glad that you guys are here with me. You know, we're all awesome. We're just celebrate ourselves. We are all awesome. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Well, y'all, I'm switching up the intro a little bit because I wanted to start by posing a question to the both of you, but it starts with an observation. Okay. Jeremy Sheffield took home the lead actor trophy for playing the abusive Patrick, oh. and Stephanie Davis took home the lead actress award for playing the annoying oh, okay. Sinead O'Connor. Were either of you surprised by that? When was that? <laughs> During the British Soap Awards. I thought they didn't win. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I am um, so I gang- sorry. Yes, they didn't. Patrick did not win lead actor, and Sinead did not win lead actress. I got my ridiculous wins confused. <laughs> what I <laughs> at Hollyoaks took home the British Soap Award for Best, best Soap, soap yeah. <laughs> when they deserve it. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Uh, there are much better. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I know that we watch this show all month to come and record and do everything, but Emmerdale, EastEnders, and Coronation Street are all far superior to this show. <laughs> I feel really bad for saying that on a Hollyoaks podcast, but it really is. I don't think you should, you know. We've been all watching this show for years, and we know when Hollyoaks has very strong years. Unfortunately, these past few have just not been that, and I don't think we should feel bad for saying what's essentially the truth, you know. Emmerdale is my favorite. Yes, I I agree with that, you know. I think shows should be awarded when they deserve to. And I just, you know, if I think about the last year of story, maybe three months have been solid. Four if we include this month. I've enjoyed this month. But uh, four months out of 12 doesn't make a 
best soap to me. You know what I'm saying? What do you think, Miss Elm? Um, well, I kind of feel like I'm a bit biased because I, I haven't watched any of the other soaps, so I don't feel like I can give a, like a fair assessment of who I think should have won, just because I've only kind of dipped in and out of the other ones, and I think, you know, if you're going to give a fair assessment, you should have been able to have, you should have watched like all of them to, to fairly <laughs> give them all a good chance. Um, yeah. So, um, but I'm kind of on the, the, the same wavelength as you said. I think previous years, they have been really good, but not this year. I would say this was one of their weaker years. I think like there have been years where it could have won. Um, so I'm thinking more like, I think it was like around 2008, 2007, 2006, when it was more, yeah, I think the writing was stronger then. Um, I think the last year, whilst I think they have some good actors on the show at the moment, um, I would say that the writing has let the storylines down. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they've had some good storylines, but I don't think they've written them well enough. Like, the ideas were good, but the follow-through has been... Less than stellar. Yes. I was trying to think of a polite way of saying it, so yes. <laughs> you know... I was curious about how the writing is done on Hollyoaks because I hadn't seen any information on, you know, how the the writing is done on the U.S. soaps. You know, usually, you know, you can very easily see who the oh, main oh, writers and other writers are. But for Hollyoaks, I didn't know, you know, what that was like. So I bought a book called U.K. Soap opera a script writing handbook apparently it was written by a, a guy or maybe a couple people who had written for um Hollyoaks, i think emmerdale and coronation street if i'm not mistaken and they kind of broke down you know the the thing is to help you figure out how to get a job on a british soap but it, it lets you know kind of what is involved in the writing process and i thought that was interesting and what they the, the guy said for Hollyoaks so and this was surprising to me so Hollyoaks has upwards of 30 writers okay 30 writers some are on contracts of a minimum of three weeks okay mm. so 30 writers so you could have one writer with a three week contract right and then they eventually just assign different writers one show to write. Okay. So I think that that, that was so revealing to me because I'm like, okay, so essentially that means now this is a this is a you know big exaggeration, but essentially in a three week period, how does you have 15 different writers? Mm. Okay. So in a two month period, that could be like 45 different people writing the show and. I'm sure they probably try to keep some form of consistency from show to show or writer to writer, but I don't know how they can with that much, um, you know, disconnect between the writers. You know, it's like they go in, they kind of have a brainstorming session, then they go back to their separate homes and then they write and they just kind of email in drafts back and forth. Mm, and I the think, show approves it. Sorry, I think, I think that's like, Make the main problem then because I think the, the main problem with a lot of these stories are that 
there's massive plot holes because they're kind of inconsistent and also i think the pacing's bad on pretty much all the storylines mm-hmm. on oh, the show definitely yeah and you know the, the guy noted that so to get a script from you know the idea of a script to a finalized script now for Hollyoaks that takes about three weeks right for EastEnders it can take them three months oh, yeah. to get a solid script and see when you've got that much time and dedication to your scripting right you can have a solid show because you're working out all the kinks you're making sure everything makes sense with the EastEnders he says they kind of make sure that you know for the week they have their themes laid out and, and it makes sense you know I see a little bit of that on, on Hollyoaks you know definitely since Brian Kirkwood uh, took back over but it's just the characterizations and the things that the characters do, they just make no sense. And I feel like the lack of leadership with regards to that writing team really, you know, makes the show worse. Do you think that's also a problem in the fact that, uh, so EastEnders and Coronation Street have, what, three, four episodes a week? Whereas Hollyoaks has five, so that's quite a lot of episodes to... I was going to say, sometimes Do you think they they maybe should have, like, less episodes to... No, babe, because you know what, it's the same time, because EastEnders is 20 minutes and those other shows are 30, so in the same time frame, they knock out excellent (laughs) stories. And a lot. And baby, let me tell you, the U.S. has been doing this for a long time. You know, the best soap that they have right now, in my opinion, is General Hospital. Hospital. Now, that's 40 minutes a day. And everything about that show is on point because I think we do writing differently. We have a head writer. Yep. And the head writer works with some associate writers. And that team scripts out all their stories. And if I understand correctly, a lot of them, they focus on a certain set of characters. So the characters that they work on, they know because they've been writing perhaps for years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not somebody that comes in on a CB contract and then they're fired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I feel like Hollyos could do it, you know, just like, you know, if you think of primetime shows. There are some shows which are really excellent and, and written well from the jump, but there are some shows when it's just like, how did this make it on television, you know? Um, if you take the time that you need to to really focus on crafting the best story that you can, it's it's going to be excellent. And I, I think Hollyoaks just isn't taking that time. And that was just kind of surprising. I was like, really? 30 different writers? Only three weeks at a time? Like, how are you going to get to know the show like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Alright, so, real winners of the show, which I I actually am very happy with. Um, well, the Dodger won for best shirtless guy. I'm not overly concerned about that. <laughs> but, uh, Tom <laughs> Ellis Hollis took home the best younger performance, I believe, mm. for Hollyoaks, which I love. And then my girl Anna Passy took home oh. the best villain, and I was so happy. I was laughing while I was chilling. Laughing <laughs> 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 How did you guys feel about those, uh, in my opinion? Very deserved award. Very happy. Very, very well deserved, both of them. Although I would like to say, um, in the ch- children's category, I would like to see the little girl that plays Leah getting nominated a few times because oh, I think she's I really know. good for her age. She's so cute. But I think Alice definitely deserved to win because her stuff with Sienna was really good. Yeah, I was going to say, as much as I don't like Sienna, that the word. <laughs> I mean, everything that everyone got was well-deserved, so. Mm. 
just based on the performances and everything. And, and Ellis and and Anna did amazing together in their scenes, and it it was good. Yes, but you know I was happy. I was happy my Sienna won. I think she has been knocking it out the park. Anna Passy is awesome. I'm glad she won the awards, and she is the best thing since sliced bread. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she is great. All right, Will. Because Hollyoaks doesn't usually get a lot of love at the BSAs like they did this year, um, last year we started the Hollyoaks Podcast Awards. It's kind of a, a small way for us fans to praise the show we sometimes suffer through. <laughs> so, uh, again, this year uh, we asked the listeners of the Hollyoaks Podcast to chime in and share their picks for the best of Chester by voting in our second annual Hollyoaks Podcast Awards. <laughs> and now it's results time. So um, I'd like us to do kind of what we did last year. I'm going to go ahead and announce the category and nominees. Uh, we will go ahead and reveal our picks and then uh, chime in on uh, and find out who our listeners picked for the top so, you guys ready, ladies? Yep. All right, well, let's go ahead and get it going. Let's go ahead and start with what I call lovingly the superficial awards. Sexiest male <laughs> and sexiest female, okay? <laughs> and I'm just going to find them all together, okay? So, for uh, sexiest female, the nominees were Jennifer Metcalf, who is Mercedes McQueen, uh, Georgie Porter, who is Teresa McQueen, and I'll, I'll, I'll practice this. Let me see if I can do this right. Madupe Adeye, who is Blessing Chambers. And I really hope that the African in my being said that correctly. The <laughs> <laughs> sexiest female. And then for sexiest male, there was Ashley Taylor Dawson, who's Darren Osborne, Danny Mack, who is Dodge or Savage, and Aaron Fontaine, who is Sunny. Valentine. Let's start with you, Miss L. <laughs> Who did you pick for sexiest female and male? Um, so for sexiest female, I went for uh, Jennifer McCaff because I love her bum. And for sexiest male, I went for Aaron. Fontaine, is that his name? Um, just because he's generally fit. <laughs> yes, and I just heard you say, Miss Lynch, you went for Aaron Fontaine for sexiest male as well, I right? Did, and I, I chose the uh, African lady whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel That's so funny. bad for saying that. Because oh. Even if I tried to pronounce it, I'd say it wrong. So I'm just like, can't pronounce it. We'll just say I that. Good. Don't be mad at yourself. I'm like, I'm going to get, I, when, I, when I was going through last night and figuring out how I'm going to announce the award winners, I was like, ooh, let me practice this name. Okay. I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> so, yes. Well, I'm like you. I also chose uh, Blessing and Sunny uh, for the sexiest. Cause, you know, I just, I just needed my chocolate folks to get some love. I'm sorry. There was like no black people in most of the awards for the British Soap Awards. I wanted to show them some love, so I did <laughs> the same. So let's see who the fans chose 
as sexy as female and sexy as male, and here we go. So, sexy as female, the Hollyoaks podcast listeners chose Jennifer Metcalf as Miss Mercedes McQueen. I'm not mad at that. Oh, <laughs> no. And for sexy as male, by an overwhelming majority, Aaron Fontaine as Sonny Valentine. Surprise, Sonny wins. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I just wish his character would stop messing around with yeah. the name. <laughs> yep. I think that he has one character uh, that, um, yeah, definitely needs to be in Doug's underwear. <laughs> so yeah. Doug's underwear deli. Yes, yeah. Doug's deli, baby. Him and Dodger up there shirtless and mute. Yes, God. <laughs> yes, God. All right, let's do best villain, ladies. The nominees are... Anna Passy, Miss Sienna Blake, Jesse Birdsall, Miss Sir Flasier, 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 Black, and John Paul's new best friend, Greg Wood, Trevor Royal. What's your pick? My pick was the lovely Anna Passy as Sienna, because she's awesome! <laughs> I hate yeah. to say this, but I didn't too. I said Anna <laughs> That is three of us. Y'all know I love me some Sienna. Let's see if the Hollyoaks podcast listeners did as well. Show sure enough, and the winner is Sienna Blake, Anna Passy for Blessed Villain. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. She deserves that. She handled business this year. All right. So, best performer, a, a category that I put together because, okay, basically what I did was I took the short list for the British Soap Awards and I tried to copy it as best as I could, uh, but the nominees for best performer, they were all in different categories kind of alone, so I just put them all together in one category called best performer. So, best performer nominees were Dan Tetzel, who is Mr. Jim McGinn. <laughs> Ellis Hollins, or Hollis, it's Hollis, isn't it? I think I wrote this wrong. Yeah, it's Hollins. <laughs> is, it, is it Hollis? I thought it was Hollins. I thought it was Hollins. Hold on, I can check. <laughs> I'm, it is Hollins. He is Ellis Hollins. I was saying his name wrong earlier. So good. Ellis Hollins, who is Tom Cunningham, and Charlie Clapman, who is Mr. Freddie Roscoe. Who was your pick, Elle? <laughs> <laughs> You're all going to kill me for this. <laughs> but I couldn't let my gym down. <laughs> I'm going to turn it into right call, but I couldn't let my gym go. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I do, love, I do love Alice as well. But <laughs> I was like, Jim! <laughs> so, so he got my back. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to get flack for this too because I picked Freddie just for a safety. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby, you get no flack from me because you know I picked my friend too. <laughs> I had to. People was giving him too much hate on the Twitters. I'm like, ah, we need my faces of intensity to get some love. I'm sorry. <laughs> and everybody's so, gonna pick Tom. <laughs> yes, sorry, Tom. Glad you won the award in real life, but the, the three of us we went with our hearts. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, let's see who the Hollyoaks podcast listeners chose for best performer. I can't believe this bullshit. Goddamn Jim again. <laughs> <laughs> Dan 
Tat sale one from past performer. I am done. I am over and I am done. I almost voted for Jim. If Freddie wasn't on the list, I would have voted for Jim because we all knew that Tom was going to win the main one. Most disappointing. I'm most disappointed in you, Hollywood Podcast. My God. Oh, I'm so glad the listeners got my Jim love. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's go to the best actress. The nominees were Stephanie Davis, who plays Sinead O'Connor, Nikki Sanderson, who plays Maxine Maniver, and Jessica Fox, who plays Nancy Hayden Osborne. Who was your pick, Miss L? Um, this is going to sound really stupid, but I genuinely can't remember who I went for. I um, do. I went with Nancy. I think, I think I was, like, torn, like, I was torn between uh, Jessica and Stephanie. I think Jessica is the good, the best consistently. I think Stephanie has done some really great performances, but, um... Sometimes she really grates. So <laughs> I think I was like, I don't know who to go for. So, um, yeah, I think I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember which one I picked. So I'm really sorry. I, <laughs> I will be surprised by the winner of you guys. But I, I, think, I, I think that Jessica will win. <laughs> and did I hear you say that you picked Jessica? I did, well, hands man? down. She's been my favorite since I started watching the show. Sure, they dumbed her down a little bit sometimes, but she's been consistent. So Yes. Yeah, and I loved her, too. That was my e- easily my pick. I'm sorry, I couldn't go with the, uh, the bloody diaper, drug-running prostitute. That wasn't working for me. And Or the girl who, you know, refuses to report her... Uh, domestic abuse person, but was about to have Jason sent down for beating her ass. I couldn't do it. It was all, it was Nancy hating all day every day. So mm-hmm. let's see what the though listeners to yours. There's the ballot. There we go. And the winner for best actress is y'all are getting on my nerves, Holly Oaks podcast. That's nuts. It's Nate, isn't it? Sinead, oh goddamn God. <laughs> Stephanie Davis. (laughs) Ah, Y'all are working my nerves, listeners. (laughs) I could not with that foolishness. She got most of the damn... Ah, ah. Let's roll on the best actor. (laughs) She's also been on the most, too, so you can't really, you know, blame them. And we have to say, our listeners do know best. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I don't know yes. I'll let. don't agree with his assessment of you. I don't know, but I'll let. <laughs> Our listeners know best. They know the best podcast to listen to. Yeah. Now, when it comes to selecting best actress and best performer, you know what? I will, even, I will give them best performer because I, I love you, L. But I, best actor. Anyway, best actor. <laughs> Best actor for nominees are Kieran Richardson, Mr. Steve Hay, Jeremy Sheffield, who is Patrick Blake, and James Sutton, John Paul McQueen. Who was your pick? Yeah. Okay, so um, 
Okay. <laughs> I went for Kieran um, because I liked his performances. I think I said this last week, although I know uh, Jay disagrees with me here. I liked his performances around... Uh, <laughs> I've forgotten his mum's name, Pauline's death, and I liked his performances with Tony during the cancer storyline. Um, yeah, I just think he's like been consistently good. Um, I but I think the other two are brilliant as well. Um, I had um, oh, what's his name, Nick Pickard, been there. I might have been tempted. Oh, I would have picked him hands down if he was there. So um, yeah, but yeah, no, so I went for Kieran, but I don't think he'll win i suspect it might be james that's my that's, that's my who guess. I picked. that's my guess <laughs> i picked james sutton so uh <laughs> because uh frankly while he hasn't said anything about what's going on and everything he's still acting it out really out of the park so and he's not like overdoing it well he did at the start but now that you know everything went on he's he's really doing well so i picked yeah. him oh and yeah, i just remembered like i think Karen won last year so it might be it would be nice if someone else wins this year even though i voted for him oh sugar <laughs> sorry yeah i'm kind of with you Lindsay. i voted for james sutton as well you know i honestly i don't even feel like he has been over the top with anything, you know. Um, I feel like the rape episode was excellent. He did a great job. Since he's been back to the show, he's actually done an, an excellent job. Oh. You know, he's really good at, at, at being, um, he's very sensitive. You know, he, he, he's good at doing a sensitive uh, portrayal. He's very nuanced in the way that he acts. And I feel like he makes you feel whatever emotion he's going through at the time so you can feel his devastation it's relatable it makes sense given the, the things that he's going through yes he has frustrated me to no end with his silence but the acting i think has been top notch now i also enjoy kieran and jeremy's acting and it it saddens me because sometimes i like to be biased sometimes i just want to go with my gay boys and i and i want to give them love and respect but i'm sorry patrick is one note uh, you know, he's just mean to Maxine and irrational. The most exciting thing he's done has been twerking. Um, and there, <laughs> there the hasn't been enough done? of that. You know, um, Steve, I love, I stopped watching Hollyoaks. I came back when I heard an out gay man was going to be featured prominently in a storyline. And I think he's an excellent actor, but this focus that Hollyoaks does and keeping his character in the gutter and having him irrationally angry. I, I can't celebrate that. So for me, James Sutton, all day, every day, baby. Let's see who the listeners pick. I, I, my anger's gone. I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving all my anger on best <laughs> actress and best performer. So if y'all, I don't care who you pick here. So for best actor, the listeners chose. Oh. Oh. It was a tie. Oh. Ah. 
it was a tie between Karen Richardson and James Sutton. Oh, I'm not mad at that. That's a good. I'm not mad at that. I didn't pay attention. We had an e- even number of people that voted, so I'm oh, okay. Well, there we go. We got a tie. I'm with that. That works for me. You did, you got no love, Patrick. Sorry for you. <laughs> I guess the he doesn't just, deserve any love. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is not me. They ain't feeling no abuses. Sorry. <laughs> that's what it's cool. All right. And then the final Hollyoaks Podcast Award is for Best Story. So the nominees are The Rape of John Paul, Hollyoaks Blushed, and Sienna Steals Nancy's Life. Who would you pick, Miss L? I picked. Uh, Sienna steals Nancy's life because I thought it was a really good story. I I liked I I loved how scheming Sienna was, and it I you really I think it really like drew drew you in. Like by the end, you were like, oh, someone's gonna find her out. <laughs> you were getting really frustrated. Um, yeah, so uh, that's my pick. Although I also really liked um, the Hollyoaks blast but i only i liked the i liked it as a special effect more than the actual storyline that, that could have been a holly oaks later story yes yeah i think i think the, the actual explosion itself was good and the episodes around the explosion was good but it felt like there wasn't much follow-up from it so that would be my comment on that sort so i went for sienna and nancy what about you, Miss Lance? I I actually picked Sienna takes Nancy's life as well, um, basically because everything led up to a big thing, and then it ended with an actual ending rather than you know the Hollyoaks blast, which, like she said, didn't really have a actual conclusion and the overextended John Paul's rape story just won't end so that's not even (laughs) done yet so you can't really choose something that isn't even done. Um, On the Holly uh, the John Paul storyline I think they had the same problem the initial bit was good and then the aftermath has been pretty lame so far and it's not (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not even that, though. It's the fact that it's not done. I would have probably picked that one if they ended it rather quickly and said, oh, hey, Fane, er, Fane? Fail Finn. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares what that bastard's name is. <laughs> Decided, oh, er, er, and, and while I admit I am, like, the hugest defender of Robbie Roscoe right now in the universe, if he just would have said, hey, Finn did this, this could be over, and I would have picked that one in a heartbeat. But, because the Sienna story is the only one that's actually done, that, you know, besides the Hollyoaks blast that didn't just trickle off, that's why I picked it. Well, that's three of us, y'all. I also picked uh, Sienna Steele's Nancy's Life. You guys know I love me some Sienna, and I refuse to celebrate a story that saw the death of Doug Carter or a gay man walking away from a Q-tip and then being jailed for assaults, for physical assault, 
while his rapist for sexual assault is still roaming free. I refuse to celebrate that foolishness, mayhem, and madness. So, Sienna Steele's Nancy's Life was my pick. Let us see what the Hollyoaks podcast listeners have picked. And the winner is... Oh, Jesus Christ. The, the Hollyoaks Blast. <laughs> amazing threatening of Phoebe I will explain <laughs> my hatred of this now and just say I hated it and I wish he would just go jump in a box and die I also have a rant about Nancy the psycho attractor I am getting irritated that every time some kind of weird psycho person comes into town she ends up employed by them Silas employed her, and he she didn't think he was a bad guy. Oh, I forgot about that. And uh, Patrick employed her, and he's lying out his freaking ass to her. So it's just like, oh, everything's fine now. No, it's not, Nancy. He's going to beat you up or something. I mean, Nancy just attracts the psychos, and I really don't care for it because she's been one of my favorite characters for like one of like the longest time because she's been so consistent. And then whenever some weird ass psycho person comes in town, she finds some way to sympathize with them, and it really pisses me off. 
And now she's attracting Robbie, <laughs> who has lied about <laughs> sexual abuse, uh, messed with Doug. I think he slashed Doug's tires. Didn't he hit Finn with his car, the van, the first time he that came on the show? I think it was him, yes. Uh, yes. And now is knows that one of his friends, Finn Polanski, has <laughs> raped Polanski, John Paul. <laughs> Goodness. And now he's keeping it a secret. And now who is Nancy finding herself attracted to, which is where I think it's going. I, I, you Sh- see, you see, as much I absolutely, I'm one of those people who have one of those weird likes toward the teacher-student thing. I don't know why. It's just kind of been one of my secret likes for like all TV shows. If there's like a chance that a teacher and a student will hook up. I'm like, go for it. But <laughs> Which is why that's not my what the hell's, to be honest. The kiss was, what the hell are you doing? You could have, you know, not done it in the middle of the school. I mean, you know, but that was kind of inappropriate. But uh, one of my other what the hell's for this month was the fact that Patrick Blake is an idiot. Everybody on this damn show is being dumbed down to idiocy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what gets me is Patrick is making Maxine think that it is her fault that the baby in her gut right now has Down syndrome because of her. It's not his fault. It's not her fault. It's just a genetic mutation thing, and it's not really anybody's fault. It's just what happens. So he just sits there with his arms crossed and being all angry all the time, thinking it's her fault that that baby in her stomach right now has Down syndrome. And he is even more pissed off because he she took Dodger with her to figure it out rather than him. What bothered me about that? storyline in particular was how Maxine again was you know finally partially decided that she was done with Patrick but again it's not because he's abusing her it's because she's concerned that he would be a bad father for her that child. That was actually one I, of my I, scenes of the week. Well I, I'm, I mean I'm happy that she did that but just the, the issue is you know, the what the hell for me is she isn't able to think enough of herself to leave that situation to protect herself. She's made it about her baby. And, you know, I, that just makes me sad. I, I wish that Hollyoaks would write characters that cared enough about themselves to protect themselves and then by extension other people you know a lot of these characters just seem to put themselves last and it's it's so sad you know what i'm saying yeah one of my other what the hells which is probably also going to make it into the scene of the scene of the month week whatever is leah and lucas sitting there while steve's coked out in a coma on the couch and Leah has to call 999 to learn how to use a microwave. 
Okay, and can we talk about that? <laughs> now, she called 999, and her question was, can you teach me how to use the microwave? And the next she scene, she puts a tin Yes. She puts a tin can in the microwave for 10 minutes. That bears repeating. So this is my question. Who at the 999, that's 911 for Americans, who at the 999 hotline told this little girl, okay, what you do you get a tin can and you put it in the microwave for 10 minutes. They need to be fired. I think I think happened there, though, is, because Leah called, and she's under the age of 10, she called and asked if they could teach her how to use the microwave. They told her to put the item in the microwave for the allotted amount of time, and she read the label wrong or something, um, and no, then put it no, on the can. No, no. <laughs> This is more us fans having to explain Hollyoaks' foolishness. No. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. You tell the child, don't use the microwave, period, end of sentence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, and then you just, but you're just sitting there, and you're watching the show, and then the next thing you know, Sonny in his black suit and black tie and looking all Malcolm Winters from Young and the Restless 15 years ago comes walking in and says, we're going to take your children to social services. And Steve's just sitting there groveling like a little girl. And I'm like, can you make this poor guy stronger? I mean, he's so screwed up to start with and they just keep dumbing him down even more that it's just not even worth the time watching him anymore and I know people like him I like the way he acts and stuff but the character is just getting so old that I can't take it anymore and now even Tony is giving up on him so when you know that the only true person who actually gave a rat's ass about him is giving up on him you know that he's going down the drain fast so, Lindsay, I don't understand. How can you not be moved and impressed and want to see all the time a gay character getting beat up all the time, punched in the face all the time, uh, disrespecting his children and not taking care of them? I mean, aren't you inspired by fathers who drink and snort coke around their children? Why is this such a bothersome thing to you? I don't understand. What do you do you don't understand in your sarcastic voice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh my all you have to do so is weird. just listen to your voice and know that this man was never a suitable <laughs> father to start with. He started off as an abuser, and once he finally had someone in his life who could, you know, make him better, he was better with his kids. And then A.B. took him back for a while, and then for some reason, Amy wasn't with them anymore, so they were there. And now he is all cokehead and drinking and being a stupid ass, and now he, it's just not worth my time anymore. He kind of just... When Tony, the one person in the entire universe of that world, jumps up on him, I, I can't even explain my dislike toward the character that even the one person in the world who I liked him. I don't feel like they've given us enough of a reason for why he's suddenly become... Turned cocaine? Yeah. So, like, 
if they're saying, oh, he's just going through his, like, darkest spell, it can't possibly be his darkest spell, you know? He was in an abusive relationship. You guys pay absolutely no attention to this show. I'm sorry. Let me tell you what Hollyoaks has done to explain this away. When John Paul went to see Stee, Stee told him, you left me. I'm I'm sad. I had no one to talk to, so I had to start doing cocaine. Please. How is that not enough of an explanation for you? That is not a good L? explanation because he knew he was going to jail. He knew that oh my he God. was going to jail. They just did it once, and then it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep Feeling it, and then Grace missed drawn eye and eyebrows, whose eyebrows actually moved once this week I was, or this month. I was so happy. <laughs> but that it was just like, I'm gonna make you pay for my stuff that you've been using. And I'm like, she can just go away too. If Sinead had Lindsay, Freddie, and her in that car, and drove off it and jumped out before it hit the water, I would not have been sad. Actually, <laughs> she could have just stayed in the car, too. Though I do yeah. like her hair color. I have to admit that red nice. was ridiculous. I like the black with the kind of red from when it was still there and they couldn't dye it anymore. <laughs> she can go back to red for me. That'll go with my new nickname for her, which is Bloody. Uh, that hair works for me. But, of course, I agree with the both of you. The characterization of Stee is ridiculous. And when I heard Hollyoaks put the words into Stee's mouth that the reason he did cocaine was because he had no one to talk to. That is the quote. He had no one to he talk to. He had his kids. So he he had Tony. Thank he you. Had- Thank you. He exactly. had, he had like, John Paul for a week. Yeah. And I guess he has no friends. He can't call the mother of his children. His children aren't living with him every day. Tony doesn't work with him every day. He doesn't know people in the village. I'm like, he's you, lived you there for as long as I've been watching. He knows everybody in that damn village. He just doesn't mm. give it a shot. But he didn't have anybody to talk to, so he started snorting coke. And then, like, the the fact that, like, everything he's gone through. So, like, he he, he managed fine without the coke when he was with Brandon. He managed fine without the coke when he was, like, killing his mom. Yeah. And now one person, like, his goat stops talking to him and he's suddenly, like, a full-on coke addict. It's just stupid. That is so ridiculous. You were so right. I didn't even think about that. But you're right. Doug died. He was good without yeah. the coke. Brenda was beating his ass. He was good without the coke. But John Paul stops talking to him. And, oh, yep. John Paul now. tells him to get the bow out of the jail. And, uh, and oh, I'm going to go get high. And then my conk goodness. out on a couch and let my daughter cook a tin can in the microwave for 10 minutes. <laughs> L, that was an excellent observation, I just must say. I didn't think about that <laughs> foolishness, but goodness. Oh, my God. Yes. But yes, you, you know damn well I'm being sarcastic. Oh, Lindsay. damn I straight, I know you're being sarcastic. I live in a house of sarcastic people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my one of my other ones is kind of more disgusting than anything, is that Finn records his beatings and puts them on his computer. We all know 
that Tony did the right thing and Diane's just being a stupid bitch because <laughs> because he, she doesn't want her stepson going to jail. Yes. She is definitely being herself. Y'all know Diane's instinct <laughs> is to protect them babies. I think it was Ryan that said on Twitter uh, he realized that the worst thing any of her children can do is make her look like a bad mother. So anytime they do something that makes her look like that could make her look like a bad mother, if she if it gets out, for instance, Sinead bullying Esther, and now uh, Finn beating Blessed, oh she gonna cover it up. Oh, <laughs> she don't, oh definitely. And 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 the fight that. that- the fight that her and Tony had was just like, yes, I approve. Tony just went off on her, and she just—I don't think she down should like have a- apologized. I agree with what he said. He just let she has let her kids down because she's just a useless mother. <laughs> and 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 Sinead's just sitting there laughing because her and her not death list is. <laughs> but this is the thing. See. I feel like too much blame is being put on Diane and not enough blame being put on those children. Because, you know, I will say it was slick that uh, Finn recorded the video, but he didn't put himself in a video. Oh, like no, he, he, he recorded it so that yes. and he never actually said he, he was doing anything. But what really gets me as Robbie Defender of the World is that he blamed Robbie for it. Well, that's not surprising, because, see, that worked last time. It did work last time. Before, that's why Sonny went to his house. Again. Yes. But the thing, you know, I just, I just, you know, I feel like there is this uh, rush to put cast Diane in the role of villain. But really, I feel like that heat needs to be on Finn and Sinead. Because, see, Tony, I was kind of happy that he found out everything but where tony kind of lost me is number one okay he heard finn call blessing a dirty faggot in women's panties right but when he talked to diane about this the next day he did not say that he did not say this is exactly what your child says Uh, that's disgusting all he said was finn said disgusting things to blessing okay so that i didn't like that and then he was snowed by Finn. He still believed that Robbie convinced Finn to record it. Like, I thought where Hollyoaks was going was they were going to have Tony understand that Finn beat Blessing, but he didn't. Yeah, they just had him thinking that uh, he recorded it while Blessing was on the ground. And to me, that just kind of irritated me because, again, it's going to drag the story yeah, out. Yeah, they're just going to keep going long. because she won't say anything and either. It, it keeps, and it keeps Finn from, you know, getting uh, prosecuted for what he's done. And, of course, yes, just like you said, bless, Blessing's refusal to say anything uh, drags it out further, you know. And Sinead, all of a sudden on some kick, like, okay, first of all, Sinead thinking, being surprised that a man of Finn's age is going to slam a laptop down when his sister comes into the room as if he wouldn't be looking at porn. <laughs> like, her surprise obsession with needing to see the porn that Finn is looking at on his computer. 
She was a prostitute. She prostituted herself for money. And she got a, all of a sudden an obsession with with, this no, with, with like, 50 shades porn. Oh. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> just ridiculous. Go ahead. Did you have um, any more? What the hell, sweetie? Yeah. Uh, Dennis's reaction to Blessing telling him that she was born a guy kind of irritated me a little bit because at first it was just like he looked at her with his weird Dennis face and said you were born a man and then it cut off and then the next episode where you know they go to the next day and there's this big block of nothingness they're not speaking together or they're not within 10 feet of each other because he's I mean I know it would shock me if the person I was falling in love with walked up and told me, hey, I was born a, I was born the opposite sex. But I mean, like, the way he reacted to it was just, like, really, really, really bad. And then when Tony, when Tony <laughs> accused him of beating up Blessing, that pissed me off, too, because Dennis couldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> You know, uh, I want to stop here, and I want to ask you to your opinion on this, uh, El. What did you think about that? How Dennis responded when uh, Blessing uh, um, came out? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I um, obviously I, I would have liked to have him to have been more positive, but at the same time, I was kind of annoyed at Blessing a little bit. This is probably going to be a bit controversial. Um, I was, yeah, I was a little bit annoyed at Blessing because if Blessing had no intention of ever telling Dennis originally when she started going out with him, she said to Tony, oh, "I can't tell him. I'm not going to tell him." Then why did she start going out with him in the first place? Because surely that conversation's gonna have to come up at some point, especially if they were like nice. thinking of marriage and all. Like, like at some point that conversation's gonna be had. So she shouldn't have gone there without telling him the truth before she went there I don't think right yeah and I I feel the same I think Dennis had a line where he said something to Blessing after that which was like um, when you're dealing with people you can't just play with people's emotions like that you know so me when I initially heard that Dennis was going to have a negative reaction to uh, blessings reveal. I thought he was going to do some of that. They were going to have him do some of that dirty faggot shit that Finn did. So I was very upset and I, I was not looking forward to that at all. But the way Hollyoke set the story up, I ended up feeling like the entire time, and I still feel this way, that Dennis was very justified in his reaction. Because he didn't say anything uh, bigoted or biased against oh. uh, Blessing. I think that it seemed like there was one scene where he was about to say something, but Hollyoaks had him stop, you know, and I, and I appreciated uh, that. But because, you know, Blessing made a conscious decision not to tell uh, not to tell Dennis that, um, you know, she still had male genitals, you know, um, and she also um, you know, realized that she liked Dennis, started to fall for Dennis, um, noticed that he was falling for, for her, and then 
when she, you know, couldn't deal with that pressure and told Tony I was born a boy, which I thought was one of the most disrespectful ways to just reveal a transgender identity in the world. That was just annoyed me. Um, Tony advised her, like, look, Blessing, you know, please be sure to tell Dennis, you know, this is important information that he needs to know. But Blessing decided... No, I'm not gonna gonna do that. Kind of, it kind of reminded me, in some respects, of John Paul's decision not to talk about his rape. So you have a rational voice in your head saying, "Listen, please, you know, let the the guy you're trying to get involved with know um, about your full identity because you know he does have the right to know." Now she has that voice in her head, but she decides the head that she's gonna listen to is the one below her waist, which is saying, "I'm horny, so let's kiss, let's cuddle, let's touch." You know, like, you know, people wouldn't be bothered by that. You know, like, that's not fair. I feel like it's like me. I've said, I've said this before. Me as a gay man entering into a relationship with a um, straight woman. Or let's say I was bisexual. Let's say I was bisexual. I like men and women, right? But I like Danny. Uh, well, I know Danny said he said it in college. But let's say I never told the girl that I was dating that I liked men. And then just before we get married, you know, I'm just like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, I've been sleeping with men. You know, I know people have very strong reactions to uh, homosexuality, transgender identity, and I don't feel like that's fair to, you know, put that on someone um, without their knowledge. Like, that's, that's, that's not cool. I, I'm not entirely sure that she even had planned on telling him. So when she actually did finally re- reveal it to him, it was because he'd found those posters under her bed and he was like, who is this guy? Is he your ex-boyfriend? I think she basically said it just to salvage the relationship, which was, you know, like, I think... It, had she it didn't been... work as well as expected. No, no. <laughs> I think had she been put in that position, hadn't she been put in that position, she would have just carried on lying. I mean, how far would she have got? Like, would they have been married and then she'd have gone? By the way, by the way, I still have. Just wouldn't have said a thing because remember, with Finn, I think what Hollyoaks was implying when Blessing started kissing up on Finn, which also, oh my God, it made me crazy when that scene happened. I think what ended up happening was, I guess Blessing got hard, because there was some kind of way that Finn realized that what was between her legs wasn't, you know, a punani. Yeah, because, you know because what I'm all people should have sex outside. <laughs> but, you, but you know, like, I, I don't think that Blessing was kissing him, and then she like stopped and said, oh, hey, by the way, I'm transgender. Like, I, I don't think that's what happened. She didn't do that with Dennis. And she was oh, having no, she, so, she, she just up and made out, and then he ran away like an insolent little... Like, I don't even understand why Hollyoaks... I don't even understand why Hollyoaks had her do that so close to Dennis having that issue with her. She just had that issue with Dennis, uh, her not telling him about her identity just happened like the day before and then she's doing the same shit to another guy like i did not understand i I felt like that was such a bad thing Mm -hmm. and it's it's just like it's that predatory thing you know people fear that us gay people transgender people lesbians we're just gonna be all predatory and sexual and and 
fool them into thinking that they're with this man or this woman that's straight or that's a real woman and then surprise he's gay or surprise she's gay or surprise they have genitals we're not expecting like this plays completely into that stereotype and I hate it I cannot stand it and it drives me crazy it really really does you know and I'm gonna shut up in a bit Lens I'm curious were you upset with Dennis because you felt like he should have been more accepting and, and were you bothered by Blessing's lying? Because I'm curious about kind of what people are thinking about well, that. Well, it wasn't that I think what really got him is because she told him about the fact that she was born a man right after he realized he may have cancer and he has all kinds of stuff in his head right now conflicting with each other and making him kind of freaking out and everything that was just kind of the topping on the cake to be honest so when that all came about it was just like nope I'm done and he walked away and then Tony explained when he should go and talk to her in the hospital and then when he did he she told him to get the hell out basically and he felt bad was it was all because of everything piling up on, in his head at the same time and just everything going straight Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh my god, I might be dying, and oh my god, the person I love is a man, and oh my god, <laughs> God's gonna hate me for this, and because everything goes back to Leanne, so I, I think it was more all the stuff piling up in his head, and then it just overflowing, and it's just like, nope, I'm done, and he walks away, so it's, it's just more everything piling up rather than her just telling him that he was just a man or she was just a man to start with it was just full up pile up rather than I mean because I would be fully I'm fully justified in the way he went about it I think how he reacted was in my head the way I would have reacted to but the way he reacted afterwards was more because of all the stuff piling up And were either of you surprised that Blessing rejected him in the hospital? I kind of was, because he he even explained himself. So it was just like, once he explained himself, I'm like, oh good, everything's going to be great. I got beat up, and apparently you don't want to be near me, so get out. And it was just like, well, okay then. (laughs) (laughs) I was quite surprised that uh, he she rejected him, but I could kind of see why. Um, I think in the same way that Dennis had a lot building up, I think she probably had a lot building up, and also like I think she kind of felt like, oh, you know, you don't want me as I am, you know, so maybe. Yeah, I, th- I I still think they'll get back together, but yeah, that's my yeah, thought. Yeah, <laughs> even if he is leaving in a few months, he's yeah probably going to get yeah. together and, and, you know... My thoughts on that are that they will get together, but they maybe not get go any further, so the, rec- the re- uh, relationship will reach a point where it's either got to progress or not, and, uh, and Dennis won't. won't be up for it. 
that's well that's i wondered why. if I, I wondered if they were just setting up you know his exit story because you know me i was taken aback by uh her reaction to him as well because uh he i thought it was awesome you know when he first went into the hospital he was still upset so he wasn't even trying to be in the same room with her. He got Tony to go in and everything. And I was like, hey, I'm not mad at you. I understand, man. But then he got over himself. And he got his behind back to that hospital. And he just was honest with her. And he was he was awesome. And he said something solid. He said, I forgive you for lying to me. You know, and which I feel like uh, she did need to give some get some forgiveness there because look, if Blessing would have lied to me, we would have been done. And I don't play. You know, one time for most people fucking with me, and I, it's over. We are never talking ever again in life. You know, but that was where Blessing got stuck. Blessing was like, "Forgive me, you forgive me," and I'm just sitting there watching like, now I know this lying ass heifer it does not have the nerve to be trying to act on. Uh, offended that he said he forgives her i'm like oh so what so he should have walked up in there and been like i don't forgive you and then you would have been cool and y'all could have been together like that made absolutely no sense to me i was like oh jesus it's like all of the wonder and beauty of blessing that holly oaks had allowed to stay unstupided for two months I, just who it was like dumb to dumb you did you called it <laughs> You called it. I bow down <laughs> to Lindsay, who called the, the stupidifying a blessing. You called it. <laughs> it and I felt bad, crazy. too, because in the end, you're just, like, sitting there, and you're watching this. all, And it's not just her. It's every time they bring a new female character, or any character in, for that matter, they're on for two months and they're strong and then they plummet because somebody else comes in and does something stupid to them. So. Dennis, I do feel like he hasn't quite got over Leanne yet. And I don't know that he will. I think that might be what the final clincher is for him and Blessing not making it. Agreed. And my personal favourite... Because it was probably my favorite bit because it made Dodger run for the hills and have people named Nico steal their food. Holly telling Cindy that he raped her. Well, took advantage of her when that clearly didn't happen. That annoyed me to know, and uh, I can't do that long enough. <laughs> but 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 seriously, I mean, like, it gave Jason something to do because he was just sitting. Uh, his dad's a bit of a dick, but <laughs> and tried to make out with Holly, which is also kind of gross. That probably wouldn't have went well. But uh, it was just like. Really, Holly? You went through all the trouble because you broke up. She was broken up with Jason. And she was making jokes about doing things. And then the next thing you know, Jason's beating on the door. Just yelling, I want to try again. And and she comes out in a robe and there's Dodger in his shirtless oh. glory laying in a bed. I'm like, oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I, I don't will. like saying and I don't like saying that word. I hate that word. And I'm like, really? You went and slept with a 16 year old girl just because <laughs> you guys wanted to find comfort in each other. And I use little finger po- finger quotes there. So <laughs> yeah. And there was also the uh, whole. Perry, I love Perry. I think Perry is one of the most interesting characters on the show. But when they're trying to break up Tom and Perry through Sienna and her crazy bitchness, I do not approve. It's ridiculous because uh, they they had Perry over there hanging with Sienna and Tom wouldn't go by her and Hollyoaks had Perry not understanding why Tom wouldn't want to be palling around with his kidnapper. <laughs> and what really gets me though is not even two months before that they were stealing babies to get her arrested. Hello. And throwing eggs. And throwing eggs. Oh, and making and getting Xerox color copies of. <laughs> <laughs> but Sienna's okay. And then there's then there's the whole uh, Sandy having be- to pick between Freddie and Joe. Uh... I'm like, I know you're leaving and stuff, but picking between sons is bad enough. Because, you know, that's just ridiculous. You do not go, if you are a mom, you do not go and say, like, I have three sisters and two brothers. If I walked up to my mom and said, hey, mom, Kyle, or Kyle, my little sister, slept with my husband, kick her out of the house. Either I go or she does. The appropriate response is no. Neither of you go. You are both my children, and you're going to stick here and you're going to deal with this shit because that is what families do. That was ridiculous. I think Hollyoaks thought that the, the, the drama in the story was having Sandy choose one child or another or play, I'm going to kick out this one, that one, or the other one. But the real drama would have been if she made everybody stay in that family unit and work on the issues mm. because Sandy has known about Freddie's love for Lindsay since they started on the show. They were talking about it like two They've weeks into the show. So I would have started. rather seen Sandy have a conversation with Joe about, you know, your brother has been in love with your sister, your girl <laughs> for years. He has told me this that he's been in love with her for a long time and he never acted on it. The moment he acted on it were when you were gone and Lindsay was thinking that you were with another woman. So of course it would make sense that the man who has loved her forever, who was her support when you were in her mind gone and dating someone else and she already knew you had slept with Nancy, of course it would make sense that he would go with the brother. So think about that. Like, that's where the drama would be. Then he would have had to deal with that. Everybody's still in the house, and they have to deal with that real drama of all the actions that those people had leading to 
that moment. But instead, Hollyoaks took the easy route. Okay, so now we're going to play musical This Person is Out of the House, and it's going to be this weird uh, explanations about, well, he's a favorite son, so that's why he's in the house. And Sandy's like to Freddie, no, he's not my favorite, <laughs> but you were so though. bad that I had to get you kicked out of the house. Like, it made no sense, and it was completely illogical, because I want to go back to that rape accusation as well, because we have the same issue with Dodger and with Dirk. Now, Dodger did not rape Holly, and I was pissed at Holly Oaks for even having this whole story blow up, because it's like they're laughing in our faces about John Paul, you yeah. know, because the minute Holly said she was raped, Cindy was on the phone to them popos while we still waiting for John Paul to name his fucking rapist. But Holly done named her rapist, got the cops on his ass, and all this shit. And even has Dodger's own father, who initially didn't believe the bullshit, but he, he, he stayed with Cindy, who accused his son of rape rather than to support his son who was falsely accused. You don't go live with a woman who accused your child of rape. You support your son. And one of the characters, I think it was Diane, I think Diane had a line that I love. She said something like, um, I would rather be a good mother than a good partner. And when I heard that, I thought that was good. I'm like, huh, Dirk needs to hear that shit. Dirk needs to be like, I'd rather be a good parent than a good partner because this would have been more drama. Dirk would have stayed with his son and his relationship to Cindy would be over because he believed his son was telling the truth and Cindy did not have faith in him or his child. That is a normal, rational way to end that relationship. So, of course, Holly Oaks chooses not to do it and they choose to have Dirk. They can't keep her relationship for three seconds on that damn show. (laughs) But uh, uh, I'm trying to think... uh... I also highly disliked the fact that Darren, who's been on the show for God knows how long, miraculously, after 30 years of life, automatically has heart disease. So you're going to have to be on medication for the rest of your life. I'm like, I'm thinking he has like appendicitis or something because it's not his heart that he's clutching on to when you first realize that he's you know, not feeling well. And it's just like, oh, he probably has appendicitis and won't, you know, go look at it. Nope, let's let's give him a heart disease instead because we all need one of those in our shows just thrown <laughs> on us. Can I just say, I loved that. Um, I loved the way Sandy was like really unsubtle when she came to give the news as well. And she was like, she's like, it's a hereditary thing, stares at Jack. <laughs> like, Way to make him feel bad. I know that Jack's had several heart attacks, but if it were hereditary, he would have known about it before he turned to 30. He's been to the hospital enough times for yeah. smoke inhalation for (laughs) all kinds of stuff. So after the wake of figuring out that Katie had heart disease, let's give somebody who's alive heart disease and see how long they last. It's just like, no, that's ridiculous. (laughs) 
<laughs> just like after uh, Brendan had just beat Stee to a bloody pope, let's go ahead and have Maxine get beat regularly by her man because domestic violence is fun and it gets ratings. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for those commercials just keep getting worse. <laughs> they have like those Maxine and and uh, Patrick commercials. Like, first he looks at her phone, and then he tells her to dress differently. I liked her back when Mitzi was on, and she was strong, and she didn't cry all the time. And she hair down looking all awesome like she did when she was about to run away with Dodger. And it was just like, and that was ruined because Dodger took it for me. I'm like, you could have laughed. You could have just left him and had your Down Syndrome baby with Deli Bakery mannequin guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was also extremely pissed off when you she got him these awesome golf clubs with his initials on them and everything and she spent all this money and then she picked the date for the wedding and you think you you think oh hey he's gonna beat her again i'm like this is something you didn't come up with with me but this is a good choice i'm like who does that (laughs) ah I don't think it's a good idea to buy a man who regularly beats your ass golf, golf clubs. clubs. Especially really <laughs> good titanium golf clubs. The golf club thing. So, I don't know if I assumed this right or not, but I kind of assumed that she used the money that Sienna had given her to run away to buy the golf clubs. That's kind which... of what I'm assuming, too, because Sienna was really pissed off when she found out that the money was gone and there was a bunch of golf clubs there. Mm. No, she was pissed because uh, she found the note and I think text messages from Dodger knowing that the oh, money was about right. to, to, to go with Dodger. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about where she got the money for that golf club. Did she work? No. Didn't she? Because she used to work for Patrick, didn't she? But I think he, I think he's actor. Oh, yeah. And she, she worked for college coffee works. for a little while. He made, he made her quit college coffee, right? Yeah. Right before he had his uh, little twerking thing that made me laugh so hard. That was probably one of the best things I've ever seen that man do. <laughs> oh, no, she I'm like, holy shit, Patrick Blake actually made me laugh for the first time since he was almost killed <laughs> yeah. in that giant mansion by Will. Um, yeah no she definitely doesn't work because remember she was complaining she was bored so he got her the dog to give her something to do during the day and then proceeded to tell her that it had died but he gave it away but he Uh, gave it to the dog pound yeah I hate Patrick if he gets invited to Carmel and Sonia's wedding, which I also think is ridiculous because somebody's going to die at that wedding because Carmel's curse. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what would really be great is if at uh, Patrick and uh, Maxine's wedding in August, she goes into premature labor and kicks uh, Patrick off of a cliff because she di- because he did it. My 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 day would be made. They could they could get married on a cliff 
for something really scenic and say, you piss me off, and then kick him, and then down he goes, and then we don't have to put up with him anymore. <laughs> that I would just... make Sienna go over the edge, I think, or be more happy that Maxine finally did something. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, no sorry. problem. Do you want me right. to you ready with your what the hell's man? I am, yeah. Let's get it. What you got? Okay, so uh, I think we've covered this a bit anyway. But um, so my first, what the hell is the plot holes in the Ste storyline? So my issues are that nobody in the entire village, apart from John Paul, seems to have noticed that he's turned into an overnight coke addict, including all of his family, who seem to be completely oblivious, which is ridiculous. Yes. Looking like like the ghost of like Christmas yet. You are so right. I know he looks so horrible every time he's on screen. If we can see that if we watch the show, how can the people that work right next to him except John Paul see that? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not even just the fact that he looks ridiculous as well. He's also like, but his behavior is like gone completely like erratic and out of character. And I'm like, how's nobody noticed this? It's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Like that one scene where he was talking all fast, like this, and everybody just seemed to see it was normal. And when he, and was when, like... and when he was yelling at the kids, oh, when he was yelling at Leah, and he flat out said, and she said, I hate you. It's just like, oh, that poor kid. I was like, yeah, I hate him too, Leah. I'm like, I understand, girl. I'm with you, baby. And of course, John Paul is being a better father to those kids than Steve is, just like Doug was, rather than Steve, which is why John Paul and Doug McCarter, they were the couple. Way to waste two good quality characters, Holly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, other things that I noticed that were plot holes in the Steve storyline. So Steve's apparently got no money which is what this whole led up to this whole thing of him helping which is the biggest plot contrivance ever because there's no way that Steve would have no money because a he owned the deli he sold that deli put the money in the restaurant so he's either making money from the restaurant or Tony's bought him out so he should have quite a bit of money he shouldn't be living at that boarding house so (laughs) the boarding house of Dennis yeah Dennis he seems to be like living at the boarding house with umpteen million too many characters. And I think it was just all a big plot um, contrivance to get him somehow shoehorned into the Team Mercedes plot so that they can have him get screwed over and have to let the kids go. And yeah, it just, it just, uh, it just made no sense. I, uh, my third plot point with the Steve plot, well, there's like plenty, but I'll, I'll stick to just three for now. So my third plot point with the Steve plot is that. Um, it's just a side thing. So he's obviously now in this sort of will he he relationship with John Paul, but none of his family seem to have had any kind of reaction to this, despite the fact that they've all just found out that Danny had an affair with John Paul. You would think that they'd all be like horrified that he's possibly going to get together with John Paul now, but no, 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 no reaction whatsoever from the family. So yeah. That's that's the remainder of my plot points on the Steve one. And I'm not I'm even actually sure not surprised that. by that last one because you n- remember, uh, Danny told Sam that he was bisexual in college, so she shouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure the whole uh, unless 
Steve gets his head out of cocaine ass, so to speak. There's no way John Paul is going to go near him with a 10-foot pole because he's pissed off with him as it is. So between Tony pretty much disowning him and John Paul just steering clear of him at the moment, he ain't got nobody now because of his stupidness. I think the spoilers, though, there's some spoiler article that said that they're gonna, they are gonna pair John Paul and <sighs> Steve. I, I hope, I hope that three minutes that we saw them wasn't it. Uh, maybe it is. At but, this yeah, point, I, I don't care. I just want this damn rape story to be over and Finn going to jail for a very long time. Agree. <laughs> Okay, um, so my I think the rest, uh, a lot of mine have been hit on already. So, um, I had Diane uh, hiding Finn's laptop, which I think we've already discussed. Um, just because seriously, Diane. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yep, I had Lindsay and the the Lindsay and Freddie plot. Um, more the fact that. Lindsay and Joe broke up and then Lindsay seemed really surprised about the fact that Joe didn't want to be with her after she'd like had a thing with his brother. I'm like, really, Lindsay? And then they had and then they had hate sex because Ziggy locked them in the garage. Yeah. That I'm um, okay with. <laughs> and then and then she was like, I'm I'm better off without you. I was uh, just the whole time I've just been like, Really, Lindsay? Really? <laughs> so yeah. Um I'm going to tell you, I was glad that she she said that at the end, because one of the things that frustrated me about that story is, you know, there is the uh, the saying out there that uh, the woman always forgives the man for cheating, but the man never forgives the woman. And that's exactly what happened in this scenario. So Joe fucked uh, Nancy now. Part of that was on Lindsay because she lied and said she slept with somebody else because she was trying to cover up uh, Paul's murder. But he slept with Nancy five minutes after she told him yep. that. Now, he finds out that she slept with Freddie when she thought he was shacking up with another woman. And he mad. And the show isn't, you know, saying, nobody said yet, hey, you know, when you slept with, Lin- uh, with Nancy, didn't Lindsay forgive you? That's why I was happy at the end when she was like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I don't need you. Because that's not fair. If your mate forgives you for cheating, you forgive your mate for cheating. Then y'all on even ground. Boom. Mm. Done. <laughs> that's what irritated me. Mm. Yeah. Um... Another thing I had was, okay, so Nancy um, is, well, whether she goes there or doesn't go there is, uh, I don't know because I've not read the spoilers, but um, the fact that she's even carrying on this thing with Robbie, it just seems really stupid, particularly for that character, given that her sister... They could have done it with somebody else. That wasn't yeah. related to Nancy. You are both right. The The story is hot. The pairing is hot. I will agree with that. I like the actor who plays Robbie. I love the actor who plays Nancy. It works. See, I think for... You said that you weren't watching back when Justin and I Becca did not, had them, right? I did not mm-hmm. watch when Justin and Becca had their thing. Exactly. So I'm thinking for newer viewers like Lindsay and, and like the new people, you know, the U.S. is watching Hollyoaks now, so there's a bunch of new people that are watching. I think for them, 
the story is going to be cool because it is kind of like the teacher and the student. It makes perfect sense. But for those of us who've been watching normally who know that Becca got with Justin. And when I stopped, when I started watching the show, Becca and Justin were getting towards the end of their relationship. Because I started before she got sent to prison. I was, I was going to so say, I started when, watching just after she got sent to prison. So. That makes sense. So, But for those of us who saw that storyline, now this makes no sense because Nancy was furious at Becca she was. for that relationship, number one. Then she was furious at Justin because he told some damn lie that ended up getting her sent uh, to prison. And then she got killed and Nancy never forgave him for that. So given that history, and you're not going rem- to forget someone, you know, getting, you're not going to forget that situation with your dead sister and a romance with a student contributing to her death. Yeah, it, it, for all of us who know that history, it's going to make no sense that, yeah, that she's even considering see, this. I think they're going to wait until after he leaves school to carry on with the thing so that it doesn't, you know, make yeah. it so that it's... Because he just took his A-levels. So that means yeah. he's going to be leaving in like a month or so, leaving school in a month or so. So if they keep carrying on like this, then I can see where it wouldn't be technically illegal anymore for them to carry on with the relationship. What I think is going to happen is, so Robbie's just confessed to stealing the exams. I think they're going to fail him this year and make him take the the year again. So he'll still be her pupil. I just think it's ridiculous that they're going there, given what happened, given the history. So, yeah. And also, I don't think... I don't think Nancy would go for Robbie. I'm not surprised Nancy is given a shot to Robbie, even though he's involved in what happened to John Paul. Because like John Paul said, and I was laughing when he said it, Nancy didn't have a problem jumping directly onto his job as soon as he got to <laughs> Rancid. I rewatched the scenes, and John Paul told her that it was fine. He gave approval for her to do that the same way Sam gave approval for uh, Daddy to sleep with George. Oh, that but was the best still, one ever. Still, <laughs> that was kind of shady. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think normally she would give him the time of day either. But given the way that Darren has treated him, treated her, if she could sleep with Robbie and not him not be underage and her not end up in prison and shanked i'm i'm fine with i'm it. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, ser- I'm seriously all for this couple i think it is a especially since it's her it's not anybody else it's nancy who's trying to keep him on the good path of awesomeness and it was because of what Finn did that started him on the way to doing that so in the end it was between a psycho bastard who looks like a kitty and (laughs) Nancy who actually gives a rat's ass about his future so between I just hate that Phoebe again is with a man who doesn't give a fuck about her Mm. Phoebe was, like, an awesome character for a while, and now, like, the last year, they've just dumbed her down so well, much. now that Jackie is She's... gone, I think Jackie was the one that made her the character that she was. I mean, like, yeah. Now, and right after she left, that's when everything just kind of plummeted for her character, because all the McQueens left, and none of the ones that 
she actually cared about stuck around and mm. all she does is babysit and it's just like she is what Ruby was mm. wow I didn't even think about that but that is a completely accurate thing now that's a good one y'all are coming with the goods today yeah she really is she's Ruby because there's a family that is nobody's related to her and she's just there you know I just thought though Jackie told Mercedes to take care of the family. So you know what I thought think might have been good? Now, if Mercedes took Phoebe under her wing... She would be then far she would better have to, uh, and yeah. would go back to what she did before, which was that, the baby? stealing and all of that stuff. Because we all know Mercedes, er, Mercedes steals big stuff when she doesn't have the money for it. So. Well, Mercedes needs to grow up. And I feel like if she took a mothering role with Phoebe, that would allow her to do so. And Phoebe needs some damn sense. And I know Mercy is a trip, but she can use that brain when she needs to. Mm. I think that might be a good compliment. Mm. I agree. So what else you got, Miss L? And you're oh, with the dokie. So um, I also have, um, oh, Maxine's lack of of resolve um i think we've briefly talked about how she briefly walked out on patrick and then was back within like two days and like it wasn't soul... even that yeah it was no, 12 I... hours yeah it was just ridiculous like i was cheering for her when she finally was like you know what i'm Get going i was like yes finally and then like the the the, re- the only reason Max Patrick was because she felt like Dodger had let her down. I'm like, so one man lets you down, so you go back to an even worse one. Oh, just uh And the yes, fact that and, she, and she, she didn't think it was. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, and the, the 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 thing that really annoyed me was the fact that she had realised her reasoning for leaving him was the fact that she realised how bad a father he was going to be to her child and that she was putting her child in danger and yet the second she realized she wasn't going to have the support of dodger she was just like oh i better go back and put my child in danger again i'm just like are you an idiot yes (laughs) Yes. and she she you said the correct thing darling which was that um it's worse to go back to an abuser but what Maxine did in her mind was she made that Patrick's beating of her equivalent to Dodger not cheating on her and I'm glad Hollyoaks had Dodger said he did not cheat on her because I had already put it on Twitter as soon as I saw the scene because when Maxine told her she said something and I remember the word misery was there she said something like you know I'm not leaving one situation of misery just to get into another and I was just like girl the misery of being with an abuser is worse than the misery of romancing a man whore who never cheated on you. They weren't even together. Mm. And that Hollyoaks had her not able to see that, you are right. It is completely what's the hell. And I hate the fact that she also, um, sorry, this is probably vaguely feminist, but I hate the fact that she also felt like she couldn't leave him because she couldn't leave without a man. As soon as Patrick came, she was down the toilet because before that, she was fine. She was her strong, independent woman who slept with 
who slept with strippers and stuff like that. And then Patrick comes, and she's a whimpering little... Oh, yes. She was with a stripper named Jay. I'll remember that. I'll remember that directly. Because it was a black man named Jay. I was like, get it, Maxine. Get it, bitch. Actually, I'm lying. It wasn't Maxine. That was Mitzi. I was like, get it, Mitzi. Because <laughs> it was. Too- Wait, hold on. I'm confused and I'm lying. First, it was the footballer. That was the brother that was named Jay. That was the footballer. Mm. Like, yeah. Down oh, yeah. Yeah. After that, there was that trifling stripper. I didn't like the stripper. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the stripper who slept with both of them, and that's when Mitzi figured out she was pregnant with Riley K. Yeah. That was silly, but it was a little story. Jen. <laughs> um, another thing that made me laugh about that was kind of, well, it didn't make me laugh, but, you know, um, last month we talked about um, how Dodger effectively called Maxine a slut for sleeping with a man who she didn't know. And then... Probably like, from the man then, who slept then, with everybody so and then dodger like goes and does exactly the same thing this month i mean technically he knew holly but it's still the whole thing of like having a one night stand and yet he didn't get the same i know he had the grief from the whole supposed the entire damn village but she didn't call him back on that and say well you did the same thing (laughs) no he just avoided him and and let's go ahead and talk about the other power couple in that camp, Joe and Lindsay. So Joe had the nerve to open up his goddamn mouth to call Lindsay a tramp for fucking Freddie when she thought Joe was with another woman, but he sure didn't call himself a tramp when he had sex with Nancy. No. I was like, hey. If Lindsay's a tramp, use a tramp. Play this player. It's called Lady and the Tramp. Lindsay is the lady. You are the tramp. Boom. <laughs> um, and I had one more. Uh, what the hell? Um, sorry, it's quite quite a long list today. Um, my last what the hell was. It was not really something that happened on screen, but that was more the problem. So I felt like. Danny, the reveal of Danny's um, affair with John <laughs> I Paul. I laughed so hard. The reveal bit was really good. Um, and then they had like one episode of Aftermath and then Danny disappeared off screen and the rest of the family just haven't talked about it since, apart from t- that it affected Leela and Ziggy's relationship a little bit. But the actual fact that, that like Leela and... Uh, Tegan have just suddenly found out that their dad like was having a gay affair and is actually bisexual and they just didn't know for their entire lives seems to have like had zero effect <laughs> pretty much except on the... for, except for <laughs> Leela in the end though uh, yeah except for like Leela splitting up with Ziggy that seems to be the only and then aftermath getting back of it. in with Ziggy yeah After Ziggy kept trying so hard <laughs> to get back with her nope we're done we're going away, shoving a shoving a sandwich down his pants. Uh, that's what <laughs> is. And, I mean, the show. Miss <laughs> L, we waited 
264 days, one hour, 46 minutes, and 59 seconds for Stee and Doug to have a serious conversation about what they were going to do with their fractured relationship. And they never had that conversation because Doug died. So me, I am not surprised that there was not all this conversation about uh, their relationship. I was a little surprised that Steve didn't chime in and say, hey, you know what? I almost slept with daddy too. (laughs) We're still waiting waiting for that reveal. So, yes, I just want it for the pure soapy drama. That's the reason why I want the, the... Go ahead. (laughs) I I think it just annoyed me because they've built up this whole affair for ages and ages and ages. It's been like half a year, I think. Um, And then it it was revealed and then it was on screen for like one one episode afterwards. And then it's just not been mentioned since, but pretty much. What was hilarious to me was I think uh, I think it was Leela went to go confront him about what he had said. And he actually runs away away from Leela. (laughs) Leela is probably my favorite character on this show. She's dumb as a box of rocks, but I love her. (laughs) I like Leela. Daddy's out of control. He was out of control. Oh, my goodness. All right, y'all. Well, let me go ahead and run through my scenes of the week real quick here. So, I already noticed that I was uh, upset with Sinead turning into Emily Thorne from Revenge with her fucking lips. I've, I've, I've that, never seen that show, so when, I saw, so when I saw that reference, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking Five minutes into episode one, Emily pulls out a list of people who uh, tried, to, who were responsible for the jailing of her father and ultimately his death. And she spends the entire show crossing people off her list and she ruins their lives. And the show has been on for like three now. So all Hollyoaks is doing is turning Sinead into Emily Thorne from Revenge, except. Emily Thorne's revenge makes sense. Sinead's revenge makes no sense. Mm-hmm. She should have one name on that list, and that's Sinead Her. for being a bad yes. That's the name she needs to have on that list. But anyway, I've already talked about how I'm annoyed with that. The thing that had me what the helling is still Hollyoaks forgetting that Freddie never loved Sinead. He loved Lindsay. The only reason he stayed with her was because she blackmailed him into it. And then Hollyoaks, I guess they changed up their 30 writers. And then one of them was like, oh, this couple is married. They, they must, must be in be love. love. So they had him saying this bullshit about how he really loves her. And so with the scene where she was going to drive off the cliff, uh, Again, he's still talking to her like, oh, Sinead, I really loved you. And she's like, no, no, you didn't. And And I'm like, yeah, you know this, because you blackmailed him into being with you. So I'm just like, ugh, I'm just annoyed by that. And I think I said before, I wish Lindsay would have been just like Sinead and been like, drive off the damn cliff. If you want to drive it to the water, let's go together. Bye. Push it. Because that's how Sinead is. When Sinead gets caught for doing something that she knows she did, she doesn't back down. She's like, fuck you, I didn't do it. I want people to respond like that to her. Because I feel like that's fair. So that had me what the hell in. But also, her miraculous obsession with violence, you know. She wasn't concerned with 
what people were looking at on the computer back when she was bullying Esther online. Mm -hmm. She wasn't concerned with that. And she also wasn't concerned with the violence Esther put on herself when she tried to kill herself and got herself put in the hospital. So you cause a bitch to almost kill herself, which is a violent act, and you're not concerned with that level of violence, but you seeing your your <laughs> brother looking at a spanking video online, <laughs> and all of a sudden, but Mom, Vince looking at the spanking, what, what are we going to do? I'm going to play devil's advocate here now, because... We do not need any devil's advocating for the name. Because I feel <laughs> the same way about Robbie, okay. but... It's all because of her stupid list. She's trying to turn everybody against everybody. And the only way to do that is to turn Diane away from Tony and turn Tony against Diane and Finn and destroy mm. all of their lives. So that is the only reason why she's being all, oh my God, Finn's turning into a monster and trying to be all lovey-dovey with everybody in the house she wouldn't have moved back into that house if it wasn't because of the if it wasn't because of her stupid little book of ruinment so and I do you that. guys think I, it's funny that she has to have a list to remember five names seriously they're members of your family how do you not remember their names <laughs> It's because they're eventually going to pan up on her list and you'll see at the top of the list is Fraser, like, crossed out. And they're going to reveal that she killed Fraser. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've already showed the entire list, but that would have been a good reveal if you were writing it. But yeah, that is hilarious. (laughs) It's not but five people. The people that Emily Thorne have on her list are like people she doesn't know well. So again, that makes sense that this doesn't. Let's go to Rob's Piper Mitchell King, since you just mentioned him. It was weird to me that he didn't tell John Paul that Finn Polanski was the one that wrote that letter until after he got out of jail. Because, I mean, expect that after, you know, it it came out that, you know, he would maybe send him a note or something. They'd say, hey, play, I wasn't the one that did this. And what was worse was John Paul not figuring it out. Now, John Paul knew that Finn uh, was the one that attacked him. And I think he knew before he got sent to jail that Rob, Robbie knew the truth. So how John Paul couldn't put two and two together that Finn was the one responsible for that note surprised me. Because he goes over to Finn and he's like, Robbie told me what you did. I'm not going to be bullied by you. <laughs> Why are you doing it in teleprompter voice? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is how he he had his ste on, his, his, I'm not going to, that's ste. I am not going to do anything you tell me, Grace. And then he does it, he pushes him up against a wall, he's like, I'm not going to be bullied by you, Finn. But just so you know, I am also not going to tell anyone that you raped me. So the air. <laughs> I love that last little bit, so dear. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he was on my nerves with that. But then, it was kind of funny to me now. Robbie hasn't told anybody about what happened with John Paul, right? But Robbie was so shocked when Nancy told him that 
Esther was the one who stole those tests. And he was shocked that Esther would keep quiet about something that might get someone else in trouble. I was just like, really? I think, Robbie, I think- you don't understand that someone could be silent so that they wouldn't get in trouble, <laughs> but someone else would. I'm like, really dude, get- John Paul, what are you doing with John Paul? Like, just the fact that he didn't have that level of self-awareness to understand that this is what was happening, I was just like, come on. Really? Also, what the hell, Leela and Ziggy's breakup, like, they were around each other for like five minutes, and then when Ziggy finally got into Leela's good graces, she was just like, okay, I'll have a drink with you as a friend. I'm like, what do you mean as a friend? He's been trying to get at you, girl. Make it happen. And they so, did. <laughs> I was just like, that was that was, that was was ridiculous. Um, and then uh, let's jump to John Paul again. So John Paul is working with Trevor to figure out if Steve is a murder suspect. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor is a hitman. Then I don't care who killed Frazier. Trevor killed Frazier. I'm sorry. He's the one that did it. So, but but him employing John Paul of all people. Now, this is a hitman. You got to know people on the cool who can figure out whether or not somebody killed somebody else. But you're going to hire a rape victim who won't report who raped him? I mean, that, that just doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm happy that that in prison, uh, Trevor protected John Paul from being raped again. I hope he protected him from being raped again. But, oh, Jesus. But instead of Hollyoaks, instead of Hollyoaks using the connection between those two, two guys to, you know, have John Paul, you know, maybe talk to him about the rape. And I don't know reveal Finn did it and having Trevor work to maybe kill Finn for raping John Paul you know you could have a bond between John Paul and Trevor because of that so instead of that which is a rational good storyline John Paul has joined the Scooby gang to prove that the most incompetent person on the show killed Fraser what (laughs) oh my goodness and uh, the last thing I've got is again with John Paul So Dodger, or Holly, accuses John uh, accuses Dodger of rape, and John Paul walks up while this is all going down. And John Paul's kind of like, "Well, did you get her consent, Dodger?" (laughs) And I'm just sitting there thinking, uh, "Why are you concerned about whether or not Dodger got Holly's consent? I mean, have you picked out a child?" that Holly can assault so that she can go to jail for being raped. Yes, that's what's going on here, right? Okay. But then in the, the next scene, John Paul goes away, and then he sees Cindy on her own, and he's like, well, how's how's uh, Holly doing? And Cindy's like, well, you know, she, she just wants to, to draw a line under it. She doesn't want to go to the police. And John Paul says, and I took this coat down, he's like, she doesn't want to go to the police? You should listen you should to her. You should listen to her. You, you learn as a teacher. Give support. Listen. Let me tell you something as a man that went through teacher certification. Nowhere during the teacher certification process does it say, do not report rape. <laughs> I'm just like, what? 
I, I, I know that's not exactly what Holly Oaks was saying, but for this asshole, and he's an asshole, and that's ridiculous. Finn has threatened uh, Phoebe, Robbie, Steve. he's beat the shit out of Blessing, and raped this motherfucker, and he still hasn't told the goddamn truth. John Paul's character is forever ruined for me. This motherfucker is still going around telling people not to report rape. I am over it. I am over it. You don't just listen. You have to report these things. Otherwise, people are going to get keep getting fucked up. And Cindy, and Cindy did the right thing there, even though she went yes. completely over the top because Holly did tell her that she was taken advantage of. But... You know, my girl Denise, she always says that when it comes to these damn soap storylines, if it's a gay character in the storyline, oh, writers feel like, oh, we could just be as shitty as we can to the gay people. So, yes, let the gay boy who got raped go to jail. It's great. Perfect. No problem. And let the gay boy who's getting beat up by his lover, Brendan Brady, let's let's write a romance for them because it's great. No problem. It's cute. It's gay. There's boys kissing, right? But when it comes to the straight side of things, now, soon as Cindy heard that Holly was raped, she was on the phone to the police. Boom. Two seconds. Soon, in this whole storyline with Maxine and Patrick, there's no romance here. There aren't people, I don't think there are people that are shipping uh, the Patrick Maxine abusive the pa- love. Uh, the Patrick the way- that's what I call That's it. That's what's called the pack scene. I, I don't think people are shipping the pack it, scene it love the way like they're med- it. it sounds like a depression medicine, so that's what I call it. Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people are shipping the pack scene love the way they were shipping the Stenden love. And it's, it's just I'm, ridiculous. So uh, I'm not going to lie. In Holly the beginning, Oaks, I okay. did ship Stenden at first, and then it just got really ridiculous with all the beating up and everything that went on throughout the relationship, and I'm like, this is freaking ridiculous, and I quit. And that's where it is right now with John Paul. It is partially understandable that John Paul didn't report his rape, but for him to feel the need to report himself for the physical assault of Robbie Roscoe and get locked up for that, but not feel the need to report uh, Finn Polanski for his sexual assault and feel the need that he needed to be jailed for that, that was already bad enough. But now he is advising someone else not to report rape? I mean... It's, I don't know what Hollyoaks is doing. I mean, do they think they're making this character look good with this bullshit? Like, it's just like we were saying last time. Hollyoaks has a decent idea somewhere, but then they keep adding ridiculous bullshit on top of ridiculous bullshit on top of ridiculous bullshit that just fucks up the story. So honestly, I was happy that James Sutton was coming back before this storyline. It's over. I'm done. I can't with John Paul. I don't give a fuck what happens to him. Even after the rape is done, I can't with him. Because all I'm going to think is if something bad happens, he's just not going to report it. I mean, you're just going to let a bunch of people get fucked up because, you know, why report it? You know, he's like Steve now. Or, or he's like Doug was back in the day when Doug was like, I never thought about getting a divorce. Why Why would you think about that? Why would you think about reporting rape? I'm, uh, I, I can't. What the hell? I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. Alright, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the scenes of the weeks. And I'm going to be selfish and start this bad boy off 
first. Uh, I liked Diane remaining loyal to her children, even though she was being blind with it. I appreciate the fact that at least one parent had the back of her child, unlike uh, Dirk Savage <laughs> did and Sandy Roscoe. I didn't like her them not having their children's back so that irritated me um i also liked that line that dodgers said to holly he was like the village thinks i'm a sex offender but you stopped the police from locking me up for something i didn't do thank you <laughs> i just thought that was so bitchy queen beautiful i, loved I wanted it. to give him a hug but then again i always <laughs> want to give dodger a hug <laughs> he's been through so much bullshit it's not his fault he's beautiful and everybody wants to fuck him but he shouldn't be accused for rape for that and he shouldn't be stalked by his crazy insane brother because of that he can't help it because he's beautiful and people want to see his magic stick that's what Daenerys calls it Come on now, poor baby. Oh, I felt for Dodger too. Shit. Um, I also loved it, did, 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 when Sienna told Patrick, if you keep fucking with me, I'm going to tell everybody that you're abusing Maxine. I was like, bloop, 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 bloop. yes, tell it, tell it, tell it. Because finally, somebody sees and knows the truth. And that stopped that motherfucker code. Now, of course, I don't like the fact that she's still keeping it secret. Because, you know, I, I can't with people doing that. But it was wonderful that finally, after all this time, someone knows the truth. They refuse to be snowed by the fact that it's not happening. And he knows, don't fuck with Sienna because she'll lock his little ass up like she did last time. So I, I appreciated that. And I also loved that she set Daddy up. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But as soon as Hollyoke zoomed in on not his microphone, I'm like, okay. Value. I'm like, some kind of way, it's coming out <laughs> that Danny cheated on his wife and slept with George. And I love the whole way it happened. Because Danny was being a little, he was being a Mitch. He really was. He was, yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody. And blah, blah, blah. This is my family. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I loved that not only did Sienna go and turn up that mic at the right time so that he could be caught, Nancy saw her do it. And Tom warned Nancy, I believe, that uh, Sienna was getting in too close to the Lomax family and was trying to fuck with them. And so Nancy was paying attention and she saw the whole thing. And it was stupid that the Lomaxes weren't concerned with, <laughs> you know, what Sienna did. But I thought it was brilliant. It was another moment when Sienna's been using her brain the whole time from setting up the dating profile for Danny, uh, figuring out, getting close to the Lomaxes so she could figure out if Perry is her daughter and Leela is the not. mom, oh my God, where did that surprise come I from? I was like, what? That was the best Lisa's thing the ever. Oh, oh my God, it was so good. Yeah, I, I love everything involving her with them low maxes. It has been amazing. I like her getting close to Leela too. Yeah, love it. Okay. And I said I was going to be fast. My last scene of the week is Freddie punching Steve in the damn face. Usually. I'm not for the violence, but <laughs> that was that was a hilarious scene. That was and really what funny. I found 
right? And what I found interesting, and this is the lesson Hollyoaks should learn. The most memorable, in my opinion, storyline involving some kind of violence in the past, I'd say, you know, couple months here, was funny. Mm. It was ready punching Steve, you know, as a funny thing, you know, to set up some bullshit with Grace. See, how else you don't have to do staying in the gutter and doing all this weird and abusive shit to show us that abuse is bad. You don't have to stick in that violence in order to get us to understand it's bad. Sometimes, okay, we get it. Move on. Move the story forward, okay? It was cute and funny what Freddie did to Steve because it wasn't a, a dark, it was just trying to be epic. They were just doing what any funny thing would do. Like any time somebody wants to make it look like somebody got hurt to make it look like. Yes. And, and it was, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Yes, but I, I hope that Hollywood does more of that and gets away. I, I can't wait for all these abuse storylines to be done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. I've seen it. Hollywood can do the abuse storylines. Congratulations. Stop it. We never need to see it a fucking again. Okay? And those are my scenes of the weeks. <laughs> I'm done. Um, <laughs> what you got? <laughs> so I won't repeat any of the ones that you had, but I also had the Freddy scene and the Sienna threatening Patrick one but to add two to it um, I liked uh, Tony overhearing Finn and going straight to the police I was like yes go Tony um, if only it had come to something but, <laughs> but, but I was still like woohoo at least someone is going straight to the police um, and I also I loved the return of Mercedes. So, like, Mercedes is one of those characters that when she's on screen, like, she irritates me sometimes. And, like, sometimes I'm just like, what are you doing? But, like, I, I actually genuinely miss her when she's not on screen. And then when she came back and she was back to being her normal, like, <laughs> feisty self, I was just like, yes, Mercedes is back. And I loved, I thought, I quite liked the chemistry between her and Freddie. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. So, yeah, <laughs> um, those are my two. Love it. What you got, Miss Lynn? All right. I have four. The first one is the Mercedes and Grace going to Fraser's funeral, and they bring the only two people there. I thought that was probably <laughs> the best. I mean, not in a bad way or anything, because, you know, we all knew the entire universe hated Fraser and we knew that Mercedes was in on the plan and she needed to get her there and keep her there. And all the stuff that she said to him was pretty cool, even though her eyebrows didn't move. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's just like, yes, everybody needs to have their moment with somebody that they didn't like. And if it meant, talking about how guess what you bought me a bike and you never taught me how to ride it that's great um another one was grace's wake-up face after she woke up on the couch in the next episode because that was probably one of the most scrunched up faces i have ever seen in my life and i'm just like sitting there how do you do that with your face <laughs> and uh my or another one was the entire 
I agree with the Sienna thing, building up with the Lomaxes and figuring out that Leela was Perry's mom and going over to find Sophie just to realize Patrick's there paying the lady off and just the entire buildup of that story. I kind of wish that Patrick wasn't in on it and she actually met Sophie for the first time. But, you know, that's just life. And, uh... <laughs> Nana McQueen. <laughs> Nana McQueen <laughs> catching, uh... <laughs> Shabai, Sunny, and Sinead talking, and then catching him with Leela, Leela pinching his face just to figure out that he was getting, just getting uh, <laughs> what she thought of the engagement ring, and then the whole engagement thing on the floor and the couch and the, all that stuff. And I'm like, shit, another karma wedding, and they haven't even been together two months. And <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, I think because of the fact that I've been going on about this the entire damn podcast, the buildup of <laughs> of the start of the Nancy and Robbie story, because, like I said, it started with Fail Finn telling him about the rape, all the way up to. And, you know, Nancy helping him through to Ace's stuff and everything. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is going to be so awesome. So <laughs> those are my main ones. Who is your pick for the fucking best character of the month, Miss Lindsay? I just said it. <laughs> Robbie? No, both of them, Robbie and Nancy. Because, I mean, uh, I know... It's only supposed to be one, but it's just like between Nancy figuring out that Darren has a heart condition and and with Patrick and, and I, sure she was dumbed down a bit, but she's still trying to keep her, you know, saneness throughout the entire thing. And I'm just going to try to keep Robbie Roscoe on the right path. And, and then the kiss. No, no, that can't happen. And she runs away. And and she helps him out with the whole giving him an alibi thing, even though she didn't have to. And then he went and told the but or told Blake about the test paper. So now they're even. And it's just like God, these two are perfection. <laughs> <laughs> But go ahead on Miss L. Who is your fucking best character of the month? Okay, I'm gonna have a shared award between, and this is like a. I'm probably gonna get, again, probably gonna get hate for saying this. Um, well, for one of them, for one of them, I'm sure was, a lot of people will agree, but for one of them, so like it's shared between Tony, who I'm nominating for a reporting Finn, yeah. B telling Diane like it was that she should have shouldn't have hit that laptop uh see um telling Steve that if he was still on the drugs he was out and then going through with it d blue, blue. d supporting blessing 
and E pointing out that um, I think I can't remember his exact words, but he said something like Finn's a spoiled little brat who needs <laughs> some discipline. Like it was, yeah, like, really needed to be done, and Diane was just a bitch about it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Tony wins. Diane needs yeah. to go suck an egg. <laughs> so uh yeah so tony and my second one which is the one i think i might get a bit of hate for so i apologize in advance but i hope you'll understand my reasoning for this my second one is cindy because the second she found out that her daughter was supposedly raped i know she wasn't actually raped she was like we're calling the cops because i'm not like a rapist walk around the village for without any come on didn't didn't uh did did uh, what's his face rape her? Uh, Mercedes' husband. Did he rape her or attempt to rape her? He attempted to. I think he attempted to. Okay. So she feels that struggle. She had been in that position. So, yeah, baby girl. If you get any flag for that, you send them motherfuckers directly no, to me. Can't. Let me have a conversation with them. <laughs> shit. Because they I'm all for it. that choice, man. Yes, that was excellent. I was I was loving Cindy. I was happy with Cindy. I was just mad with the show because it's like the show is fucking with us. Now you got this fake rape. Let's throw all of the energy into getting the rapist reported. Blah blah blah. But let's cut that with scenes of the guy who was silent about his rapist still being silent and trying to convince you not to report it, and the rapist running free to fuck up transgender people and threaten to rape everybody. Just ah. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah, you better get zero hate. And listeners, y'all give her zero hate. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Direct your hatred towards the at un- at the unseen one to at Brother Soap. Also known as uh, at Brothers Soap. Wait, what did I change my name to? Brother Soap over JP Silence. You direct it right to me. Thank you. Learn to Amanda, ma'am. About. <laughs> shit. Bullshit ass shit. Well, <laughs> for me, my fucking best character of the month was so obvious. He was excellent in every single thing that he did. Ziggy Roscoe, Damn baby. <laughs> excellent in everything from helping George get his romantic swerve on, which had me thinking. Ooh, I wish he was around when Doug needed to divorce Steve. Because he talked to George for like three minutes, and George was like, come here, daddy. I need I need some daddy, daddy. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> I love everything he did to try to get with his girl, Leela. I think those two together are so cute, and I just love everything there. I also like Jack sneaking in, seeing that old boy was getting a little bit too close to Frankie, and he was like, hey, Leela, can you come by a little later? Help teach your brother how to do some running. Hey, Ziggy, come by a little later. Help teach your brother how to get some running on. And he got them two right on together and went and got him some nugget from Frankie. I said, go ahead on Jack. Yeah, he finally, he finally had to go and not have to use the blue pills anymore. He was feeling it. <laughs> he said, he said, I'm going to You just reminded me of something I forgot to mention earlier. Do you know that scene where Jack and Frankie were like getting on and the sofa? I was like, I hope to goodness that all their kids are out <laughs> Oh yeah, me too. I'm like, seriously, they're at the little Charlie, Charlie just wanders into the living room, and there's Jack and Frankie gang it on the sofa. Oh my god! 
Hollyoaks has been really serious with their scenes at the end of the show, but that would have been funny if Esther would have like walked uh, up Char- in there. No, and Charlie, Charlie walks in. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, but I, I, I love that. I also like, you know, the seriousness, you know, Ziggy didn't help uh, Darren initially, like he was kind of frozen because he thought about his dad dying in his arms. I didn't know that. So I thought that was really good how they, they put that in there, you know. Of course, him and Nana are everything. And I love how Nana got all up in Leela's ass talking about, look here. Oh, the, no reason he was flexing, the reason he was flexing is because a bitch is broke and I needed some money. So you better do that man right because he does what he needs to do to and take care of And the video Leela did and posted on the internet was great too. So cute. Yes, I love that. And then the final thing that I saw that I appreciated him for, homeboy playing Cupid so my Joe and Lindsay could get back together, I was for it. I was like, yes, God, lock and them up the together. And then the hate sex happened. Yes, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. Ziggy has been hitting all the right notes this month, and I love it. I can't say there are too many characters on Hollyoaks other than maybe my Sienna, where everything that they, they do... I, I just love and I'm, I'm there for it. But Ziggy definitely topped the list for me this month. He is my fucking best character of the month. So with that, I want to say thank you for those of you who have listened to us for two years. For those of you who have gone back and listened to the early shows when it posted on SoundCloud and caught up. Thank you. We appreciate you. We love y'all and appreciate hate you for listening so very much y'all know where you can find us on the tumbler at the hollyoakspodcast.tumblr.com or on twitter at hollyoakspdcast thanks to all of you for listening thanks to some of you for voting <laughs> <laughs> and until next time I will say, like my girl just says, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>